Good evening. Welcome to the Midnight Blood Hour. We are yet another true crime podcast where we are covering cases in our home in New Mexico. We are your hosts, Will and Lady Irene. Hope you enjoy today's episode. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Midnight Blood Hour, where we discuss true crime stories. We are your hosts, Irene. Will. And you'll probably hear some ad-lib from my son. Damien. Right now we're in the great land of enchantment where we want to start our stories and maybe bring some more awareness closer to home. Now, uh, we're not huge on toning down our language, just to make sure those who don't care for edgy or colorful language or topics. So first, any commentary is strictly our opinion. And warning, this podcast may contain explicit language, graphic discussions of death, sexual violence, and child abuse, which some may find offensive and may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. All right. So now here in New Mexico, as of 2018, we were ranked second in the nation for violent crime. So there are plenty of stories we want to cover. Some of them you may have heard of, but our first couple of episodes, we really want to shed light on. We're going to call the Angel Baby series of New Mexico. Now, we have a lot of angel babies from 2001 to present. Uh, We discovered quite a few children murdered, usually at the hands of close family. Now, I think that's a crazy amount that we found, found over 20. The reason we want to cover this is because usually, as you will hear in the different cases, this all stems from a long history of abuse. And maybe if we can shed light on this, It may prevent future deaths or encourage more people to report abuse if they witness it. So April, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, is National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So it really meant a lot to be able to get this podcast out so we can add our own efforts to the cause, especially with how bad the problem is here in New Mexico. Now, as we go over these, if there is a case in New Mexico that we didn't cover, and you would like for us to bring awareness to it, please reach out to us at midnight13blood at gmail.com and we'll be happy to cover it. So, let's get started. Because of how many cases there are here in New Mexico, I had to pick a starting point, otherwise we may never get to any other victims or any other stories, and there's so many other cases that I do want to eventually cover. And since this is our first podcast ever, I'm going to start from 2001 to current, depending on how long we go. 
we're probably going to have to follow up with quite a few episodes, which is why we're calling this the Angel Baby series. All right, so of course we'll end with the resources and then our seven most notorious cases. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, so let's begin with our first angel baby. And this is the one I was telling you that I did a lot of research on, so I kind of cut it down. Rodrigo Bravo. He was only four years old when he was murdered by his own mother, Elisa Bravo. She repeatedly banged his head against a wall, putting him into a coma for five days when he finally passed on July 12, 2001. Now, when the officer found Rodrigo, he was only wearing his socks and underwear, which gives me extreme side-eye, wondering what was going on there. That alone could be suspect or could be changed up or uh, chalked up to a baby who doesn't like clothes. We know how we had our own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, always walking around naked. The mom, after losing her appeal, was sentenced to 16 years. Now, I have no idea if this lady is still serving time or if she had a release date. I'm thinking that her time is either up or almost up soon since it's been almost 20 years since uh, Rodrigo's death which I think is disturbing that these people would even be let out. Yeah. And he says how long ago? 20 years? It's been 20 years. It was in 2001 that this happened. So it's actually, it'll be the the 20 year anniversary, I believe, here in July. It was uh, July 12th. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt she's already out. That's what I'm thinking. I, I looked. I went and I looked. I even tried looking at the court website, and it has no information on her at all. Huh. So I don't know. Alrighty. So our next angel baby is, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Emil, Emil Valverde from Hatch, New Mexico, who was only 13 months old when his father, Omar Valverde, threw him into a wall. Emil had bruises on his chest, arms, legs, and back, and his skull was fractured. Omar Valverde pleaded no contest, which means pretty much that the state has enough evidence for a conviction, so they're like allowing, of course, a plea deal, so this way this asshole gets a lesser sentence. Hold on, like no contest, that means you're willing to take the punishment, but not like the guilt right yeah you're not admitting to you're it. willing to do the time but you're not willing to admit you did anything wrong right that's like no contest yeah exactly I'll do the time but I didn't do the crime type thing exactly uh, you're, you, you right. refuse to admit guilt but you're still doing the time for it anyway yeah okay. but you're not getting as much time for admitting guilt for admitting to something I guess okay now um, he only had to serve 18 years for of course, accepting the plea deal. So, of course, let me just say I roll. <laughs> the third angel baby we have is Devin Booth. Now, here is a typical case we have where the stepfather slash mama's boyfriend abuses the child. So, Devin, who was only four, was beaten by his 10-year-old sister on the stepfather's orders. Wow. The sister allegedly kicked and punched Devin as punishment for wetting the bed and drinking from the toilet. 
Okay. I know. I mean, what, like, the way I see it, that means that this poor kid must have been so dehydrated that he was willing to drink from the toilet. Either that or they were that cruel and told him, if you want water, you have to get it from there. Well, no, he's being punished (laughs) for it, for drinking from the toilet. Oh, he was being punished. Yeah, that was the punishment, was his sister beating him to death. (laughs) So, I'm thinking the baby must have been so dehydrated thirsty, probably wasn't given anything, part of the abuse that was going on, that that was his only choice, is sitting there drinking from the toilet. Could be. And then, of course, um, the mom, get this, was happily watching TV in another room while all this was going on. Now, the sister wasn't charged because of her age for the punishment that took place on September 23rd, 2002, which honestly I think is good because she was probably being abused too and so scared of not listening to dear old stepdaddy that she thought something would happen to her if she didn't listen to her orders. Yeah, it just it's kind of a weird situation though. Because like, I wonder like how that affected her when she got older because I'm sure she figured out she killed her brother. Right. You know what she I mean? She was putting like, a system or if she's like, well, how, yeah. yeah like what, that, what happened to her later on, I'd like to know. I didn't see anything. Probably. I couldn't find anything on her. Yeah, I mean, she beat her brother to death. And I'm sure somebody brought it to her attention. Right. You know? I'm assuming they probably went and put her some sort of foster care and have her in some sort of kind of like witness protection type program. Maybe. Maybe changed her name and such so that way it wouldn't come back and affect her later. Yeah. I didn't find, like, these first couple of cases, I didn't find a whole lot of information like I did on the the next case. Mm. But, yeah, with these so-called parents, Louie and Natasha Guiado, they were sentenced to 36 and 27 years, which, I mean, I guess it's better than the other ones, but still, that's a whole lot. Yeah, right. I would think they would at least be sentenced to life at the very least and not be eligible for parole for these kind of crimes. Oh. Now, um, Angel Baby, number four, is more widely known, and a lot of people probably have already heard about this one, Baby Brianna Lopez. Now, this is believed to be one of New Mexico's worst cases of child abuse resulting in death. Um, another source I found that it's one of the U.S. worst cases of child abuse resulting in death. Damn. Yeah. Now, this poor baby has been covered nationwide, which goes to show how bad this child abuse case was. On July 19, 2002, baby Brianna was only five months old and went through more in five months than most do in a lifetime. Now, it was funny because one of the videos I sent it to you that I was watching, they said that they couldn't find much on Brianna's early life. Oh, yeah, I heard that, and I'm like, wow, really? Yeah, the five months, she had a whole lot of early life. Yeah, that lady was (laughs) awesome, by the way, on YouTube. (laughs) Right? I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. What? Yeah, this video literally said, oh, well, I couldn't find a whole lot on, on Brianna's early life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she and slept. She ate. Right. Pretty typical. And the other thing was that she said she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, this is the trailer that she came into and she lived her whole life in. All five months. All five months. I was like, okay. That's Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Sources report that the moment the baby was brought home 
she was subjected to the worst abuse possible. Baby Brianna was subjected to being punched, being kicked, and being thrown around. Several family members were aware of the torture baby Brianna endured every day, yet not one of them had an ounce of love in them to do anything to stop it. This included her own grandma. <laughs> now, what I find disturbing about that is usually, like, grandparents, like, are in love with their grandkids even more so than their kids. And usually, like, a mother has her own instinct to protect her kids, and then grandmas, obviously, are there to spoil and protect kids even worse. Usually, but not a clearly single, not in this family. No, not at all. And not a single family member bothered to stop it, try to stop it, try to report it. Nothing. So, already pissed off as I am about it because it gets worse. <laughs> Stephanie, the mom, would hear Brianna crying in pain from the abuse that she was going through. And instead of comforting her, she would pinch and bite her out of frustration. Because, you know, that's apparently how you get a baby to stop crying. Right. That's, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. That's make the baby quite more. Just... You would think, but that's how some of these so-called parents are. She's more mad that the baby's crying instead of trying to comfort her, which obviously would make her stop crying, giving her love and obviously yeah, but no, beating the yeah. crap out of the people who are abusing her. That probably wouldn't make her stop crying because that poor kid was probably in so much pain Yeah. from all the crap she endured that there's just no comfort in that child. Well, in the first all. three things I yeah. listed, it doesn't even begin to cover the abuse that she was going through. And not just by one person, at the hands of... At the very least, the hands of three different people, from what I read. So her own mother, her father, and then her uncle. Wow. So, um, baby Brianna's grandmother actually later testified that she did know of the constant beatings, plus the baby being raped, pinched, bitten, thrown around like a rag doll, but still didn't feel like it was her place to get involved. Yeah. So, on July 18th, Stephanie and her twin brother, Stephen, began drinking. Because, you know, of course, drinking is involved too. But you already know how I feel about that. Having seen how stupid people get with drinking since I was a little girl myself. Mm-hmm. So, Stephanie testified that she only had a few beers before heading off to bed. Now, she left um, the baby with Andy, who was the dad, along with good old Uncle Stephen in the living room, where they continued to drink and begun a game of toss the baby, I guess you'd call it. Now, get this. as If it's not bad enough that this poor baby has already been raped, beaten, bitten, and sodomized. These two assholes throw her up so hard and far up in the air that she hits the roof. Then they allow her poor little body to fall and hit the ground with a thud. They did this three to four times 
like a game of bouncy ball, all while this poor little angel was screaming and crying for her life. And of course, mommy fucking dearest doesn't wake up during any of this because she didn't hear anything at all. After all, she only had a few to drink, right? Well, you know what she had done, woke up bitter and went back to bed? <laughs> exactly, I don't know what's better. <laughs> what fucking help is she? She just woke up, pinched her, bitter to get and herself crying, went back to bed. Mm-hmm. So the torture for the night ends with, you know, great old Uncle Stephen sodomizing poor Brianna. But stopped because he realized what he was doing was wrong. Really, yeah? Really, exactly. Wow. I mean, it only took five months to come to this realization. Now, Mommy Devil Dearest finally wakes her ass up. And early on July 19th, after her daughters have been screaming for help all damn night, Brianna's screaming in agony finally warrants some attention. Now, this she-devil sees her baby covered in fresh bruises, and instead of flipping out, she calmly asks Andy and Stephen what happened. And get this, their response? Oh, we were a little rough with her. You think? You know it'd be awesome if we could find these people and be a little rough with them? <laughs> to say the least. You know? <laughs> I'd love to give that as an excuse when I drag him out from underneath my car. I was just being a little rough with him. Right? He's fine. Like, meh, no biggie. Huh? Jackasses. Now, the she-demon... Again, instead of properly handle, handing some ass whoopings, ignores her baby screams of pain and goes back to bed. Yep, that bitch went back to sleep. Now, later that morning, the traumatic torture continues when Daddy of Death gets up to change baby Brianna's diaper, takes a baby wipe, wraps it around his finger, and proceeds to sodomize this poor angel yet again. So, first the nasty-ass uncle ending the night, then dear dirty daddy to begin the morning. Finally, around 10 a.m., malicious mommy woke again from her precious Z's to notice that the baby was unresponsive and not breathing. She actually decides to call 911, which I kind of find surprising she did anything about it. Hmm. Get this, she tells them she fell from her high chair. Makes sense. The baby was rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead at 11.10 a.m. Now, I actually tried desperately to find the 911 audio, but I turned up with Zulch. I couldn't find anything about the 911 audio. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping to find it to try and hear at least maybe panic in this lady's voice. Try to give, you know, give her some sort of Yeah, to be honest, but I think you'd have probably heard relief in her voice. Maybe. You know what I mean? Because now she doesn't deal with that kid no more. Pretty much. Because, I mean, clearly that's the way these people think, so they're not going to have normal emotion toward her like a human being, God forbid. And that happens, if you notice a lot, it seems like these, these younger kids who weren't ready to have kids, they go and have kids, they get pregnant, and of course have the baby and you notice a lot of the times these babies are the ones who end up suffering because of the fact that 
they weren't ready. Yeah, but... So they end up getting, like, dropped off at the grandparents' house because of the fact that, oh, the mommy and daddy want to go out and play, and their grandparents or somebody else always ends up raising these kids and they get neglected by their parents because the parents were still kids themselves. Yeah, but getting dropped off at grandma and grandpa's is one thing. This is like a whole other level of... Of abuse. Yeah, yeah, and the reality is even if... I don't care if you're 14 years old and you have a kid, you know damn well that's wrong. I mean, come on. You should. You know that's wrong. You know it. But it makes you, you wonder that, too. <laughs> like, look at the grandma. The grandma didn't want to get involved, so it kind of makes you wonder... Like, what kind of abuse did she put her daughter through that her daughter just finds well, this to be normal Not as bad, because she's alive. So clearly not as bad. Yeah. You know? Um, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It still makes you wonder, though. This, this lady must have abused her daughter, too, in order for her daughter to think this is normal, typical behavior. Like, what, a whole entire chain ending off with her? I don't know. I really like, don't know. I don't know. They're all piece of shits. So, we're actually going to pull one of those annoying to be continued um, on our next episode of our Angel Baby series. We'll finish up Baby Brianna by going over the autopsy findings and any courtroom drama I can dig up. I hope to see you uh, join us again, and everybody have a lovely evening. Good night. Adios. Peace.